Dr. Jay's Tech and Sports Card Insights here with Sean Barker and Mike Fruitman. We're going to have a little discussion about the hobby, what's going on from their perspective. We'll go back and forth. Uh, but thanks, sponsors, Top Spinini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, as you recognize the name, and <laughs> Burbank Sports Cards, Compsy.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Beckett also being my name, my former company. <laughs> so there's a lot of... Uh, key players in the industry and uh, I used to be one and Mike is one and Sean, the big dog is, uh, I don't know if he's running interference for Mike, if, if he even needs it, but they're having a good time with their podcast and uh, we're going to have a good time this evening talking about what's going on in the hobby. So very exciting times. You guys look at it. Each of the three of us, I'm sure look at it very differently, but Sean, welcome to the show. I've had Mike Thank on you. before, but in your case, you, what are you most excited about going forward in the, in this industry? Well, you know, as somebody who works in big business as a day job, you know, what I see in the industry is it's a pretty inefficient market from manufacturer to the to the final collector. And I think whenever you have inefficiency like that, there's lots of opportunity. And, you know, what I look forward to is seeing the industry. I, you know, I really think it's going to grow up over the next, you know, three to 10 years in a number of areas. One of those is I think liquidity is going to change and, you know, people are going to have a more active way of buying and selling cards that they get out of the industry. And I'm really interested in how that's going to evolve. And I, I just, even with eBay, now you have, you have instantaneous indicators of what a comparable card plus or minus is worth in a way that didn't exist. Even with the card guides and stuff, you didn't have instantaneous views like that. And I think those things are, we don't know how that's going to enable the industry. But I look forward to the day when there's a, or when there's an active commodity type market for cards, like there is for, you know, other commodities in the world. Do you think, and a question for either one of you guys, do you think there is the chance that in the next five years there will be a robotic price guide for sports cards that is hands-free, no human interpretation? You put in the data, and what comes out is the price. Mike, what do you think? We're we're kind of seeing that to some extent right now. So I'm using... There's two sites that I use a lot. First off, I use Beckett. Um, in addition for real-time data, I'm using sportscards.com and cardsnoop.com. So it, those are two sites that allow me to peek behind the, the buy now best offer. I get to see what the, what the number is. If there's a day that I don't use those two sites, it's a really weird day for yeah. me. So I'm yeah, able to, to effectively do that. I mean, would it be nicer if I could go on there and say, okay, push it on and, and push a button and get the answers and, and have it in less time? I'd like to do that, but I, I got to get that comfort level with it first. Is it great? How does it factor in grading? cards, graded cards, as a factory raw cards, uh, you know, uh, something with a qualifier on it. Uh, I could eventually get to it. Like if I could drive a, a hands-free automated car, that would take me a long time to get comfortable with. Mike, so Jim, I, I think what's going to happen. Wait, wait, I, I was asking if it was going to happen in five years. I didn't want you to take five years to answer. <laughs> so Jim, I think it's not going to be input the card. I think it's going to be you hold the card up and you get it instantaneously, kind of like a barcode at the store. I think optical rest recognition is going to combine with active market type stuff like we see with ComC and eBay. And we will have optical, hold the card up and here's the price. Okay. I agree with that. But again, both those things are kind of like one at a time. Yeah. You open up a box. Do either one of you guys collect soccer or nope. get involved in soccer? I sell it. Okay, but you would if you broke it. What would you do? That's my question. So you you somebody gives you a box of soccer and forces you to open it, and there's some good stuff in there. How long would it take you to figure out what's the good stuff? Oh, it's easy. Anybody with one name is worth a lot. <laughs> Honestly, I would have five guys I could sort out, and everyone else I'd have to go look each one of them up. But I'm saying if there was a price guide or something robotic where you could yeah. just look and see for this product. Here's what's in the product, and here's yeah. what's there. That's uh, my point. Is I think it's 
it's hard. It's yeah, it is hard. I mean, I, honestly, I don't do baseball because of that very reason. Because you know, you open Bowman and you're trying to chase these rookies. I don't know who the hell they are, and I can't. It's too much time. Right. Basketball, football, you know it, and you go through it, and you're fast. Basketball, especially. I mean, yeah. nobody's everybody's talking about the international flavor of basketball. Yeah. And Mike, you're a, you know, uh, yeah. you know, involved with the Nuggets and all that stuff. I've actually seen you in action. But there's, uh, <laughs> I have season tickets to the Mavs, and you can pretty easily know all the players. Yeah. You know, even even yep. the guys that are that are on the in the D. Uh, what's it, G League or the D League? G League. It's G League now. Gatorade. Yeah, uh, that would be an explanation. And football, same thing. You kind of know yeah. at least the yeah. skill position players pretty yeah. much. Baseball. Yeah. Hard yep. Hocker, I think that's really tricky. Hockey, yep. I pronounce the names, but yep. there's avid collectors out there. And so my point is, if I just think the the automation of the hobby is up to a point. Right. And that's a good thing. Right. It means that people need to listen to podcasts to figure out yep. what's going on, who's hot. Yep. They, they go to their yep. local card shop to, to get a, a good banter with, with the uh, proprietor yep. who's yep. going to uh, shoot straight with them. Yeah, That's a good yeah. Point. There's a lot that don't, Jim. I mean, that, that one reason Mike and I get along is because Mike. If you take a card into Mike and you say, "Hey, what's this card worth?" Mike's probably going to say, "Let's say it's that, that card's worth a hundred dollars, but I can give you eighty because it's going to take me three weeks to sell it. I got to have a little money in it myself. That's what I'm willing to do." Those guys don't exist very often, and we, when they do, you have to take advantage of them and enjoy them. It didn't work for me today. I looked up at Demarius Thomas Crown Royale autographed rookie. It was ten dollars, and the guy yelled at me. He goes, "Oh, it's worth more than that." I'm like. No. <laughs> That's what the world says it's worth. He dragged his kid out of here. And we'll never see that again. Um, question on your question. Within five years, do you think we'll see computer generated or computer grading for cards? Mm. Uh, of sorts. There'll be progress. There'll be significant progress made. Let's put it that way. Yeah. They'll know that it could be completely done, but there'll be significant progress. I mean, people are already working on it. So. Yeah. I, I think they could do, I, I firmly believe with the right technology with optics, they could do centering as a grade because that's a mathematics, that's a mathematical well, equation. I know, right? but it's like the whole thing about, like we're saying about price guides and yeah. we're talking about, you know, researching from the card snoop and all these other places. I mean, right. still not all nine. Do you deal with this, uh, Sean? I mean, not all nines are created equal. Oh, absolutely. You know, so there's a, there's a whole submarket of people yeah. that eyeball nine fives to see which ones they can potentially resubmit as tens or not. It's a, there's Michael Jordan rookies that people are doing that day to day. They're busting in seven and a half Beckett or BGS trying to get a PSA eight because it's huge money to flip at that, at that value. So yeah, you have to trust your eyes. Well, I think you have to trust your eyes, but like we've said, as we've been talking here is that you can't trust your own eyes when you're, you have a stake in it, when you're biased. Yeah, so correct. You have a trusted friend or a card shop. You, say, hey, you look at this. You don't. You don't yeah. have skin in the game. You just yeah. you know, shoot straight with me, and you can say, "Oh, look at that big flaw right there." Oh, I didn't see right. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the first thing, you know, the first advice I give anybody: get a 10x magnifying glass because until you have one of those, you don't know how good a card really is. And even then, you're you're dealing with it. Wow. So people just got to train themselves up. But you know, I, I'm curious, Jim. You know how you know I I train my eyes. Like I will when I send cards into Beckett to get graded. I do my own grades at home. And then when I get them back, I put them next to them to see where my biases are. Yeah. And, you know, that's how you train your eyes. What, what do you do? I mean, I know you in this, but what do you do to, to figure out what you think a card's looking like and that kind of thing? Well, first of all, a 10X loop is so last century. Yep. yep. <laughs> you need yep. much more magnification, powerful light, you know, because 10X doesn't cut it anymore. You know, in right. fact, uh, so, but my eyes aren't that great. You know, when, the, <laughs> when we started our grading stuff, I mean, I, I, I'm not the best grader. I mean, I can... Right. And, and and there's a lot of nuance to it. So, sure. but I mean, I can obviously tell centering. I can, you know, I, sure. I, and, and people think that centering can be robotic and it for 90% of the cards that can. Yeah. This is the other 10% have your yeah. kind of border treatments. Yeah. And those non-bordered ones. And it's like, yeah. how in the hell do you do that? Yeah. yeah. So that's, it's not, not as simple. And, and the other thing that I'll just ask you guys, cause you were, so we're going down this path. 
that I didn't think we'd go down, but <laughs> you realize that the greater the power of magnification, the more imperfect the corners look, even Absolutely. if they're perfect, because they're made out of paper or chrome. Correct. Now the chromes probably are a, a, quite a bit tighter, right? But if you magnify it enough, you can you can show an imperfection that is really, right. I would say, negligible because that's that's why very few cards get the black labels and things right. like that. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a nine to nine five chaser. I'm not trying to get black labels. I'm trying to get at least nine to nine fives, and so ten X gets me in that range. I can be comfortable enough at that point that I know it'll be nine or better because that's what justifies yeah. grading to me. Okay, and so and that's so I use that. That's on modern on vintage, whole different deal. From a shop owner's perspective, how lucky are we that there's literally 10 or 15 tells on Michael Jordan rookie cards? You've got the flag, you've got the little orange underneath, yeah, it, you've got the bars, awesome. uh, the Bulls logo on the back. What, what, what they how lucky are we there's literally 10 or 15 tells on that card that, that save us from buying those fake? <laughs> well, don't we're not going to describe what the tells are on this. <laughs> You've been sufficiently discouraging to people to think, oh, I'm not going to try that. Well, but, if you want some authentic Michael Jordan rookies, there's a there's a case of Fleer right now that'll probably sell for a million dollars. You can buy that. You can get a bunch of them out of that. Two, two I'll million. Put, I'll put it in two. You know, when when the hobby is strong, yeah. Uh, when the hobby is weak, there are quantity discounts. When the yep. hobby is strong, there are quantity premiums. Yep. My guess is this is going to be a quantity premium. Yeah. The the joke is, in no way are they going to corner the market. There's no. a lot of them out there. Yeah. But they are going to have a pretty strong position in Jordan stickers and and the. Yeah. Yeah. 57s. You know, the problem yeah. is, well, it's not a problem because I think demand is insatiable. Yeah, it is right, right now. I'm, I'm having dinner tomorrow night with Reed, and we're, one of the things we talked about recently is for the longest time, he had a $1,000 bounty on anybody who can show him a picture of an 86, 87 FLIR case. And he's, he's feeling nearly left out that he's not getting this case, that he didn't land it, and that it's not going through DNA. But uh, he was offering $1,000 for proof of life. So for them, for one to pop is an amazing thing, and for it to happen right now, and it was, is, is it just luck? Is it purposeful timing uh, that for that to come out right now? And, and it's going to eclipse a million easily. The question is, does it hit two million? And I can't wait to see the ultimate virus. I would love to have somebody buy that that doesn't have a ton to do with the hobby, who's just embraced the hobby and is fascinated by it. I don't want to see it get ruined, yeah. but but I would love to see who buys that and who ends up with it. Well, it's uh, the beauty of that product is I you know I was around when that it it breaks great. I mean the collation yeah. is magnificent yeah. and it's. Yeah. And it's it's true. So you yeah. can very predict if you bought a, a you know case of some other product that had yeah. uh, expensive chase cards in it, maybe you'd get it, maybe you wouldn't. Right. When you right. can you'll be pretty close for exactly what you're going to get. Yeah. And uh, the other thing, just as another tip for any card shop guy would know this, uh, Rob Vera certainly knows this. Sean, you I'm sure you know this too. Is that when you're grading cards, the the easiest way to grade cards is if you're grading a hundred of the same guy at the same yes. time, where exactly. you can detect the pattern. If you're yep. doing 100 different cards, it's going to take you not 100 times as long, but you right. can pretty quickly figure out if you've got a stack of 100 Jordans, which yeah. ones have the best chance yep. of getting the high grades. And that's how I grade mine. If I'm sending cards and I do all the same guy at the same time to get the same thing, and I have them stacked by the likelihoods. So how big is your stack, Sean? So I've, I've sent I've, I've had 523 cards to Beckett in the last two months. I've got about 2,200 graded cards sitting at home and another – Almost 700 are out at cons and other places being sold right now. So, you know, if you if you want a Zion rookie card, you probably have one available in the next 30 days. <laughs> God knows enough of them been graded. That's just, I mean, the grading is it's crazy. Yeah, the whole thing in uh, in what we're doing as podcasters, trying to help people understand, yeah. make sense of this industry. Yeah. Because in the hobby, the the challenges that the grading companies have, they're technical challenges, but it's mainly. Yeah. 
people challenges. They're they're right. shorthanded. Okay, yep. not shorthanded of bo- warm bodies, but shorthanded of talent. You know, really, the, the, the talent to grade. And now yeah. the new entrant coming in, who's going to yep. be, you know, yeah. the, you know, the, the, they may train their own. On the other hand, it sounds like they're going to sure. uh, talk about bounties for for Zion Williamson cards. So they're going to be yeah. bounties for graders, I think. Yeah, and it, it yeah. may tie some card shop uh, local card shop owners who are you know been uh, dinged by by COVID to think I'm going to go I'm going to flip to the other side and. Uh, Grade cards for a living, but you know my suggestion would be, don't get a full time job grading cards unless yeah. you just just grade cards for a day, and yeah. check your and check your IQ at the end of the day and your eye in your your eyes. You have to you know, how how long can you sit there with cards, John? Can you? I can do an hour at a time. I can do an hour at a time. An hour is your my hats off to you. Yeah, and that, I have to plan it. Is and usually what I do, Jim, is I when I I sort my cards, I do the eye test at the time I sort them. I don't wait so that it's little bitty bites. But every now and then you'll have a stack and you got to get through. And I give myself an hour and that's it. You know, grading, five years ago, grading, if you show somebody a graded card, they go, ooh, a graded card. Well, now it's pervasive enough that now it's not, ooh, a graded card. It's, ooh, a 9.5 population two. Now they care about there's only this many. And so grading has become the new standard. And, it, you know, it's come a long way fast and it's coming faster. From a shop perspective, one of the things we're having right now is problems is uh, 55 point top loaders are the hardest thing to find in the industry. Uh, I, I know more about 86, 87. There are more 86, 87 FLIR cases than perhaps 55 point top loader cases. Right now. <laughs> and then beyond that, and beyond that, uh, card saver, the graded card savers right now are, are like the stuff of legend. Oh, I mean, yeah. the prices to get them availability. I, I, I did not actually offer to sell my son for a case. Um, it may have come up, but certainly in trade, maybe at least. But right now, trying to keep up with collectors, their voracious appetites right now to get seemingly everything graded is incredible. Yeah, you know, we just had price hikes from two large grading companies, and you know SGC really positioned themselves well during COVID, where they where they were constant. They didn't by location and by design, they were able to keep going. It's incredible to see from a shop owner's perspective what we're seeing with grading right now. Time's up, guys. Having a lot of fun, but we're going to have to save the additional fun for another episode. But Aww. that sounded like uh, that, that was not a negative note. That was a positive note because when, when there's sellouts and supplies, that's a really good thing. So yep. thanks, John. Thanks, Mike, for right. being on. Uh, thanks, Jim. To their uh, outstanding podcast. And the card shop with Mike and the Big Dog. Card shop with Mike and the Big Not just the card shop and not just the Big Dog, but <laughs> Mike and the Big So thanks, guys. The man in-